This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Ain't no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast, and today I'm excited. I uh, I came across Aaron Hale. He's a 14-year U.S. Army veteran, owner with himself and his wife. They got two very newborn, six-month-old twins, so they got a lot going on in their life. But I came across Aaron uh, recently. I just Alec Lace had him on my show. Uh, he's a podcast host of first class fatherhood and and uh, Aaron was a, a guest on his show as well so uh, I wanted to see if I could get him on and he's nice enough to to come on to my show so thank you Aaron for being here today I appreciate it well thank you very much for the invite uh, I appreciate the opportunity to to speak with you and and to your listeners yeah thank you and well we all have a very special story but you you do as well and uh for I, I could ask the first First question that I always ask all my guests, and then I would, and then I really want to get into your story as well, and kind of lead that into how that uh, shows up for you and where you are today in life. But um, first and foremost, what do you think of when you hear championship leadership? Like, what does that mean to you when you hear that? No, first thing I think of when uh, I think of leadership, championship leadership is character. You know, you can you can direct resources all you want, but that's just management and that's not leadership. It comes from being humble and being the willingness to learn and to inspire and coach and train and uh, direct others towards a, uh, a shared vision. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. That's it. It's always fun. I always get a different answer from, from everyone we've been doing. I think there's like 55 of these shows now and, and it's always fun to hear uh, the answer to that because you know, when it comes to leadership, it's uh, everybody's got a little bit different uh, taste of what it really is. But could you paint a picture for us today of uh, kind of what what's led you to where you are in life? You were part of an EOD. You're on the EOD team in the Army. Is that right? That's right. 
Now, uh, I actually started off in the military, in the Navy as a oh, cook. Uh, I spent almost eight years as a Navy cook. So I spent uh, half of that time stationed in Italy. Real hardship duty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I got to, uh, I was, I, I was, made my way to, earn my way to uh, cooking for a three-star admiral, the commander of the Sixth Fleet. Uh, wow. And during that time, I had the, the, the honor of cooking for him and his staff. We'd uh, sail around the Mediterranean, pull into foreign ports and throw receptions for dignitaries and royalty. And, and then I got to tour around Europe, which was fantastic. Appreciate the culture, customs. And, and then we were home ported in Italy. So even when I came back uh, and we were off do- on my off-duty time, I got to, you know, become an Italian, immerse myself in cuisine and culture and wine and coffee and all the wonderful things that uh, Italy has to offer. But uh, during, um, you you know, this was uh, the first first couple of years of, you know, the new millennium. And by 2004, you know, we were were well into one war and uh, just kicking off another one. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I needed to do something. I, I just felt a calling for doing to do something a little more direct. I wanted to be on on the battlefield. Yeah, okay. And I volunteered to become a what they called an individual augmentee. It was Air Force and Navy service members filling in, you know, much needed uh, roles on the, the you know what was mostly the Army and Marine battlefield at the time. So. As a Navy cook, I went out and ran an army chow hall in Farah, Afghanistan. Okay. That was a big switch from, you know, cooking for about 25, you know, top brass in the, you know, Sixth yeah. Fleet to cooking for five, six, seven hundred ISAF, you know, NATO troops. That was there, but that was when I met some EOD technicians, explosive ordnance disposal. Yeah. And that's the, the, the military's bomb squad. Uh, and I met these guys that I learned all about their uh, job, the tight-knit brotherhood, the, you know, the high-paced, difficult, and very technical job they had. And everything about it turned me on. I was, mm-hmm. I was instantly hooked. And of course, they, they volunteered to, they, they allowed me to, to come along with one of their controlled uh, detonations where they were disposing of some, some stuff they'd, they collected from the battlefield and wow, you know, guys and blowing stuff up that, that was the, that was the, the hook. Anyways, uh, when I, I returned home after my, my deployment, I tried to be, you know, I, I put in a request to switch from being a Navy cook to uh, Navy EOD, but they weren't, uh, they weren't, they, they, they denied my request. Okay. Uh, my, my contract was nearing an end and I, uh, decided uh, I would I would let my contract with the Navy expire, and I went over to the Army and asked them. You know, I handed my paperwork over, said I want to go EOD, and they said, "Welcome." Uh, I don't say welcome aboard. That's the Navy thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I trained as a soldier, then I trained as an EOD tech, and very soon after graduating EOD school, I was right back out in the desert. This time to Iraq, and then deployed again to Afghanistan in 2011. And that's where, you know, I was injured. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's quite the journey. Now, 
extraordinary delights makes way more sense to me. I was like, where did these cooking skills go from a guy that was an e- bomb squad guy in the army to uh, to making uh, delicious fudge? And so, no, well, that- yeah, the, the the cooking for me it never went away. It was always a passion. Yeah, um, right. in fact, even on the battlefield, you know, in my downtime, you know, we're not fighting constantly yeah. the whole time. Yeah. You need some downtime. Some guys watch movies, tons of movies, or play video games mm-hmm. or something, work out. I you know, I did a lot of that too, but you know, I also <laughs> behind our, our our hooch behind our tent, I uh, built a moon dust like a mud brick, you know, sun baked mud brick uh, pizza oven. Oh, cool! Yeah, so uh, way out in the middle of the, the the battlefield, far from you know the niceties of, of home. Yeah. I was bringing I was bringing uh, fresh baked bread. Uh, <laughs> loaves of bread into the talk. Like, Where did you get that? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm sure, yeah, you were a fan favorite too for doing that. Um, oh, yeah. 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 I, uh, I was deployed to Kuwait in 2005, 2006. So I can, I can, uh, I can relate with the, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of downtime when you're not working or out doing what you're supposed to be doing. But tell me, so yeah, so you, the a bomb exploded on you as you were working, correct? And how did that play into, like, how was that journey for you? I, I, I can only imagine what that was like to go from that to get back into life outside of the military. And, um, and then eventually, you know, now you got two beautiful young twin boys, you're married and you got this business going on. Like, but I'm sure in between all of that, you know, with some difficulty. Uh, yeah, there were certainly quite a few difficult times, but I definitely credit, besides you know, the strength and the support of my family and friends who carried me through, definitely leaned on them for, you know, the hardest of the times. Grant, you know, I, I, I give, you know, my training in the military, you know, the credit for, you know, making me, you know, forging me into somebody who's got, you know, the resilience and at least, you know, the perspective to know that there's, there's a light at the end. There's a good ending beyond, you know, these difficulties. So yeah, without a doubt, my military experiences and training prepared me for what was, uh, you know, to come ahead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting to hear that. And then is there, are there any, any um, leaders, you know, maybe it's through your military uh, experience, maybe it's outside of the military, some championship level leaders that have really impacted you that maybe you were able to a, lean on a little bit during these tough times of life, as well as, uh, you know, that you were just be able to take things that you learned from them as well to help put you on the path you're on today. Absolutely. For one, um, I, you know, I recently spoke to a terrific leader, Jason Redmond, you know, former Navy SEAL, yeah. who was also injured. He uh, wrote the book uh, Trident, which is an awesome book on leadership because awesome. he explores his frailties, his faults, and he goes his, his journey from kind of a brash and arrogant uh, young sailor, SEAL, to becoming the type of leader that people want to follow. And 
that was a, an incredible, he was going through his injuries almost the same time as mine. And I read his book at a monumental point in my recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, as uh, leaders in my own uh, ranks and in my own experiences, you know, you, you, you kind of piecemeal every good and bad lesson you learn. And I had some fantastic uh, leaders in both the Navy and in the Army. Uh, one of my favorite lessons and one I talk about when I uh, do my speaking events is something I call uh, the tools in your kit. And it, it was my first sergeant who was talking about, you know, you're going to have to learn how to do everything with basically just a rope and a carabiner and your knife. And, but the thing is, it's so astounding because EOD, you know, the, the, the bomb squad, we're each in the army, it's, it's a three person team normally. Uh-huh. Uh, one, one team leader, a uh, couple team members to support the team leader as the, you know, the highest ranking, most experienced guy is the one that goes down and, and works on the IED. Okay. Or the unexploded ordnance, you know, the, the millions of munitions that are left uh, unexploded on the battlefield. Yeah. But, uh, we're, we have to handle everything from pyrotechnics like marine flares and old World War or Civil War cannonballs to uh, nuclear weapons. And we're given an entire shipping container full of tools. Every three-person team has this ridiculously huge toolbox, basically, of robots and bomb suits and power tools and you name it, hazmat suits and decontamination kits. And then we get to the battlefield like Iraq, and we're given the, this armored truck, and we got to fill every crevice, box, panel, shelf, stick things under uh, seats, yeah. and load that truck. But it, the whole we can't fit everything, right. so we're going to leave some of those tools behind. And then we get to Afghanistan, and most of the the roads and most of the paths are just goat trails, and uh-huh. you can't take your truck. So the guys have to go dismount or uh, on foot. Now you're basically left with whatever you can carry on your back in your rucksack. And it came down to a couple bare charges of C4, um, a couple blocks of C4, a rope, a carabiner, a knife. And then, yeah, of course, your water and MREs and whatnot. Yeah. And you still are expected to perform the same duties. Well, I, I always fall back on that lesson that I learned is that you know, we have its most powerful weapon and our most powerful tools, our mind and our creativity yeah. and our perspective. So after my injury and then later, a couple of years later, after my illness, I, you know, I'd, I'd lost some of my tools, my eyes, my hearing, and I was expected to to carry on, I was still expected to be a husband, uh, a father, you know, we're you know, running a business and I got to use what tools I still have in my kit to carry on and to perform. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible story. And so talk, talk to me about how maybe losing some of those tools makes you might actually make you better in some ways, right? Like you, because you now have to learn how to utilize what, the tools that you do have and, and unconventionally, like you said, the, the, the rope, the carabiner, 
Um, yeah, is, is there examples of, of how that has potentially made you even more proficient or better as a man, as a father, as a husband because of that? Well, I think it's, it's no matter what life throws at us, instead of worrying about we've, what we've lost, what we don't have, mm-hmm. we take, take the situation uh, we're given and we just have that, you, you, you get that can-do attitude. You know, instead of I can't do this because I don't have this specific skill or this tool, I'm going to figure out how to accomplish this mission. I'm going to go over, around, through, I'm going to breach this obstacle somehow and I'm going, to, I'm going to be successful in the end. And that kind of attitude is also contagious and it has momentum and success builds on success. And it comes from, you know, from not uh, worrying about what you don't have and trying to learn and do what you can. Yeah. Right. Talk to us about the, uh, the extraordinary, uh, extraordinary delights and how that all came about throughout this, this process and maybe tell us a little bit more about what it is for those of us that, that are listening that they have no idea. Absolutely. Uh, well, like I said, I started off as a cook and I've been cooking since I could reach over the counter and in experimenting sometimes to the chagrin of my family. But um, <laughs> I always had a passion for it. When I uh, became a bomb technician, that past career, I kind of left to the side. Uh, still love to cook. But um, in 2011, I was, I was injured by an IED. I lost my eyesight. And I uh, went on to, you know, I retired from the military. And I managed to, you know, keep a good attitude about it. And Maybe it was just, you know, just a sheer terror of being stuck indoors or feeling sorry for myself. But I got out. I started telling my story, speaking. I even started climbing mountains, raw whitewater kayaking, running marathons. And I was doing, doing pretty well for myself until yeah. 2015, uh, almost four years after the IED took my eyes. A ba- bacterial meningitis crept into... Uh, the injury, I, part of my injuries were not just losing my eyesight, but it did cracked my skull and they'd repaired it, but it either reopened or it hadn't been completely patched in the beginning. Okay. And a pathway out of the brain uh, is also a pathway in. Yeah. So, you know, bacterial meningitis crept in there and stole what was left of my hearing. Um, not to mention nearly killing me. So, and, and on top of that, I lost my, my sense of inner ear balance, that vestibular balance. So uh, for the longest time before uh, finally had my cochlear implants, uh, you know, the surgery and the, the tuned in and all that, which is a, a very long process. Uh, there was about six or seven months where I was, I was completely deaf, completely blind. I couldn't get on my treadmill or work out because I, I couldn't even stay on my feet. Mm-hmm. It was a very dark, very uh, lonely, very isolating, awful time. I was not a very pleasant guy at that moment yeah. during that time. And I tried to remember and I tried to stick to you know, that, uh, that mindset. And basically it was putting my money where my mouth was, you know, I was preaching about the tools in my kit and then I was knocked to the mat again. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to 
and I wasn't going to start feel. I wasn't going to allow myself to feel sorry for myself. I wasn't going to be a victim. It was, it was a difficult road, but I decided to uh, throw a huge Thanksgiving feast for the whole family. My wife and I were going to not worry about what we didn't have or the difficulties in our path. We were going to celebrate Thanksgiving, which I love because it's, you know, one, you get to celebrate with family. It's an excuse to gather around the table and to, you know, to eat like a glutton. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, uh, uh, I started cooking weeks in advance and it was, it was something that I could do. I managed, you know, just muscle memory with, even without my hearing or my sight, I was able to cook and I was throwing myself into it and I was really enjoying it. My, uh, Michaela, my wife said that for the first time in six months, she'd seen something on me that she hadn't seen. And that was a smile. Mm, wow. and, and I was, I was cooking you know, so, so many desserts that you can prepare in advance, yeah. cakes and pies and cookies. And, and I was making batch after batch of fudge. You know, I'd, I'd finish one and I'd just start another because it was, you know, I was touching back on that old passion. And yeah. uh, I was throwing nuts and spices. I was taking bottles out of the liquor cabinet. And, <laughs> and, and it was great. And Michaela soon noticed that. Uh, the fudge was piling up. It was more than <laughs> any family could finish uh, in one setting. So uh, she started sneaking it out the front door. And I say sneaking, like you got to be a real stealthy around a yeah, block. <laughs> but she was giving it away to neighbors, to friends. And soon enough, people were coming back and saying, this is, this is terrific uh, fudge. Uh, I've got a baby shower. I've got a birthday. You know, can I buy some more of this from you? And of course, the capitalist in me said, well, of course you may. Yeah. <laughs> before we knew it, we had a business going. And I was cooking all day long. It was actually becoming dominating our, our day. And we uh-huh. decided we needed uh, soon to expand into a commercial kitchen. Uh, we, we, we made it the real, real deal. And it's been taken off ever since. That's incredible. So how long has that been going for now? We've been doing this for four years now. Okay. And is this uh, something that's, that's uh, local? Is this something that like, people can order online and get shipped? Or Absolutely. In fact, uh, when coming to the decision point where we, were we going to do a brick and mortar or an online store okay. or both, we realized that you know, it, it would be difficult enough to you know, run a brick and mortar store and that would occupy a lot of our hours. Um, couple that with the fact that it would be a whole new set of challenges for a blind deaf guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we went with an online presence and now we sell everything directly from eodfudge.com. Cool. Yeah. And so what, yeah, so it started with FUD, but uh, has it expanded to more than that oh absolutely yeah uh so so some of these things are you know we we used to keep like our, our gophers imagine um uh, similar to a turtle caramel and you know, chopped pecans with a disc of chocolate on top and a sprinkling of sea salt oh yeah 
those things are absolutely addictive. We used to keep them in the house to <laughs> hand out as samples, but none ever left the house. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I can imagine. So those are called gophers? Gophers. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, they're, they're, we, we've got candy and chocolate covered uh, colossal apples. Uh, the, uh, the sea salt and chocolate covered caramels are also pretty, anything with our caramel is pretty dynamite. Yeah. Oh, wow. but, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're expanding, uh, our selections all the time. We'll talk, you know, cause I think of a championship level leader, like I'm a football guy. So, uh, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, some of the top coaches out there, right. Doing what they do. And when I think of like vision, they have the vision, not only this great vision to be able to see some things that other leaders can't see, but also then the, the courage, if you will, to, to make uh, decisions to take a path that most wouldn't typically take. And that's what sets them apart. What is, uh, what's a, what's a vision for you right now and in, in what you're doing? I know you do some speaking, you got the, the EOD extraordinary delights uh, company. And, and of course you got, <laughs> you're married with two young twins. Also, you know, I know I got three kids myself, uh, that takes up a lot of time and attention as well. So yeah, what's, what's a vision for you over the next, you know, five years, let's say. Well, we're going to take both the speaking engagements and you know, uh, extraordinary delights as far as we can go. The, the true vision is, is to get to the point where we can fire ourselves. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we want to grow the business so that it can run itself or we can find, you know, we can, we can hire the team that will take over for us and then pick up the next project because, well, why stop? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, an, I, I hope, you know, emula- I can emulate some of my favorite, you know, my, my best leaders. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I never accept uh, good enough. Mm-hmm. There's always room for improvement. There's always ways to, to share the knowledge. There's always uh, the next step. And, you know, once, once you feel like congratulating yourself on a job well done too long, you become yeah. complacent. Right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So uh, do you enjoy the speaking? I love speaking. I love sharing my, my story. Uh, and of course the lessons I've learned throughout it. Uh, one of my favorite aspects of this is the people uh, can come to me and say that they they were truly inspired that I've shaped or influenced their life in some way, and that uh, is one of the most rewarding feelings in this world is to, to to leave an impact. Yeah, have you written a book? I'm sorry. Have you written a book? No books yet. Uh, working on that, but um, wow. you know, between the baby bottles and and diaper <laughs> changes, uh, and fudge, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it's, it's in the works. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's incredible. What are one or two things that you could leave with with the listeners today to uh, really help them to maybe move forward in their life if they're feeling kind of stuck? Like, is there one or two things that you could leave them with here today to help them out to move them forward? I I just believe that uh, no matter how hard it gets, and, and become my own case study in uh, hardship. Beyond that, my wife is has been just undefeatable. Uh, she's, she's been incredibly strong through this whole thing. Yeah. And she's the example of how there is no 
no, no quit. You can get through just about anything in your life. If you, you have a little bit of grit, you know, that passion plus Mm -hmm. perseverance, you know, desire and, and discipline. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible to have uh, your wife and and people like that around you um, to help you through those times. What's, um, you mentioned lastly, as we're wrapping this up, you talked about how you were running some marathons and doing some other things. Is that something that that you're able to get back to? Do you do you do able to to do any of that? Well, I uh, I advocate for quite a few organizations uh, organizations that have uh, definitely touched our lives, helped us in in difficult times, and whenever possible. I try to help them pass on their goodwill to the next uh, in need. Yeah. Uh, you know, organizations like uh, Building Homes for Heroes, because yeah. I live in uh, one of you know a gifted home, and uh, the Boot Campaign, Team River Runner—they're the ones that got me on uh, Whitewater, which was just unthinkable when I was first injured. You know, yeah, so I remember being a Walter Reed and sitting in, you know, lying in the, the hospital bed. And after I'd, I'd healed up, it'd been a couple of weeks, somebody asked me, hey, do you want to go for a bike ride? I said, you got to be messing with me. <laughs> You're right. And said, no, 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 a tandem. And I said, I don't want to go on one of those beachcomber basket things. <laughs> no, tandem bicycle, uh, tandem uh, blind cycling is a real thing. And it's a true competition. Wow. And it opened up my mind to what possibilities that were somebody asked me uh if i wanted to go golfing i'm like okay now you're messing with me <laughs> no there's no. blind there's blind golfing out there and it's yeah. it's it's awesome i've been golf and my, my swing has actually improved since i stopped looking isn't um, that amazing yeah and, and the surprise is i should i should stop being surprised but somebody said blind guy uh, had climbed everest blind guy has has kayaked the entire uh, Grand Canyon. Wow. And it, by this time, I thought, okay, you know, everything is possible. Uh, nothing is out of reach. I saw it, those guys out. I went kayaking with Lonnie Bedwell, you know, the, the, the first blind person to kayak the Grand Canyon. I went okay. mountain climbing with Eric Weinmayer, the first one to touch the top of Everest uh, without his vision. And then those are the types of examples that I, you know, the type of example I want to set as well. Yeah. That's, uh, that's true championship leadership right there. Like not allowing any limitations to be placed on them and, and uh, to go out and to still live and to uh, uh, accomplish some incredible things. So I love that. Yeah. And uh, kudos to you for continuing that on as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. What, what are some ways? I know you, you mentioned it, but if you could, again, you, you please mention where we can uh, get more of your tasty delights as well as, uh, as well as find out any more about you as far as the speaking that you do and, and things that you have going on. Like how can we follow you and find out more about you? Absolutely. Well, uh, everybody can follow us uh, and, and keep up to date with us uh, at all the uh, social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's at EOD Confections. And uh, of course, you can read more about, about our story, uh, order some chocolates, and even inquire about uh, get, getting me to speak for your you know, events mm-hmm. at EODFudge.com. Okay, great. And we'll make sure that we uh, include these all in, in the show notes as well. So 
I appreciate you, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really do appreciate it. I know you're a busy man, and uh, so thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your service, and uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day. Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, babe.